Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brain Soul Success Show. I'm so excited to be with my awesome guest today. This is Dr. Renee, and wait till you hear her story. Um, Wow, she has such a rich background. So she's a board-certified doctor. She's been working with women for over 20 years. And due to her own personal health challenges, she stepped aside that box of conventional medicine to take a radically different approach to heal herself from the deep depths of burnout. And about a decade ago, she was living what she thought was her dream life. And uh, then she was extremely busy as an OBGYN, married to a doctor, had two toddler twins, had moved to this quaint little place in the country. I love when you describe where you are as well. And one day then in May, 2012, she fell off a horse. And I know that that was a catapult, changed your life. Mm -hmm. You ended up with fatigue, you said, the inability to focus. You were diagnosed with depression, with adrenal fatigue. You were on antidepressants, um, you know, a whole new turning point there for you. Mm -hmm. And two years after your injury, you were still struggling with these symptoms. And so after exhausting all of your options in conventional healthcare, um, you put in, you were in contact with a doctor who did anti-aging, right? Anti-aging medicine. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And then you went on and, uh, and you got your functional medicine degree. And now you're working in that. So in August of 2019, Dr. Renee started her own, how do you say that? Your own. Kaspira. Kaspira Elite Health Consulting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Kaspira Elite Health Consulting. And throughout her journey, she certainly faced her fair share of obstacles. And yet you keep persevering, right? Um, that's just your, your personality. And you just mastered that art of leaping, mm-hmm. leaping. And that's your podcast name, Love the Leap, right? Yes, Into these amazing transitions with each pivot. And, uh, and you're really helping a lot of women today. Um, with your rich background. So gosh, you know, congratulations on the good work you're doing in the world. And it's such a gift to be with you today. Um, You you know, tell us your story. I know, you know, what happened when you fell off that horse, you know, my life changed and all in a split second. And, you know, what was supposed to be a nice little ride. I was a very green rider. And of course I love animals. So I rescued a off the track thoroughbred, a big, big beast of a horse (laughs) Uh, who was kind of unruly and he knew I was scared of him. But the day I went, uh, it was a rainy day. And you know, it's interesting, Louise, I, I, I always, I'm now refining my intuition and like really listening to my gut back then, you know, trained as a conventional doc, that's kind of poo-pooed. You don't listen to your gut. You just kind of go with your head. Right. Well, that, that day in particular, there was something that said, oh, I don't know about this. Cause he was very spooky. It was a windy, rainy day. We were in a indoor arena and the door was banging. And every time I went by that door, I could feel, I could feel him. I feel energy. Like I feel people's energy. And, Mm -hmm. and I felt the animals like hesitancy and like, just, just a little scared of that door. 
And sure enough, um, it was enough to heighten his spookiness. And we came around on a trot and I wasn't holding on well enough with my legs as a green rider. Again, I'm learning how to ride a horse, you know, Mm -hmm. and a bird comes swooping down a tiny little bird scared the dickens out of a one ton plus horse. And off I went onto my back Mm -hmm. and essentially onto cement. Um, and you know, when it's coming out of nowhere, I didn't brace myself, which probably was a good thing. Cause I didn't know it was coming and it all happened very quickly. And I heard a crack and I actually thought, you know, when I, I laid on the ground and I told my trainer, I, hear, I heard a crack. She's like, Oh, your stirrup iron fell off. That's all it was. I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. Well, then I went to sit up and I couldn't, and I laid back down and you know, that's when I knew something was wrong. I couldn't bend at my hips. Uh, it took me about 45 minutes to get off the ground. I'm a very tall woman. I'm six foot tall. This little trainer, she's like half my height. It felt like trying to get me up off the ground into her truck, into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had called my husband on the way to the hospital. And I said, can you meet me by the emergency room of the wheelchair? Cause I can't walk far. And he goes, you fell off your horse, didn't you? And I said, I did. And he never wanted me to get that horse, but uh, you know, I was raised a farm girl. I had a dad that was a farmer. I always wanted a horse. And so when I moved to the country, finally at the age of, you know, 36, 37, I got my horse and yeah. And that's what happened. So it was quite, you know, I, I, at that point really didn't know where I didn't think anything major was going to happen. I was like, okay, I have really bad back pain. Like, and it was very interesting again, in conventional medicine, you're sort of seeing the people that get brought to the hospital and all this pain. And you're like, oh, it's no big deal. And so I really downplayed my injury. Like I was like, it's probably no big deal. Like I probably just a little bump in my back, but I can't bend. So I need something because I'm so nauseous. I'm going to throw up. And uh, they originally thought I broke my pelvis when I was wheeled through. But when I was imaged, they found that I had broken four transverse processes in my lumbar spine, which are the little things that come off your, your, your main spine. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you know, I'm Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall and couldn't be put back together again, because as much as I didn't want surgery, you know, and this was an inoperable injury, uh, six months or six weeks later, when I was still having tremendous amount of pain, I was like, just put it back together so I can get back to work (laughs) and that couldn't be done. So just because of the nature of the injury and they're always under tension with the muscles. Um, so I essentially was given this prognosis. And and the reason I say six weeks is I was given the prognosis. I'd be back on my feet, back to work full-time doing my thing at six weeks, which was very interesting because every physical therapist and doctor at the hospital had never seen the extent of my injury. They had seen one fracture in a 20 year old football player. Here I was, you know, a 40 year old, you know, mom with four, <laughs> you know, so like they really didn't know. Uh, I had some physical therapists like, we don't know what to tell you. Like we've never seen this before. Uh, That's scary to hear mm-hmm. uh, yeah. all the way down to the neurosurgeon who said, you know, you're going to be fine you're going to just have to strengthen your core, strengthen your back muscles, and you'll be fine. And I'm like, well, how do I do that with all this pain? So, you know, right, right from the beginning, I had a lot of uncertainty from my medical community of like, how do we deal with this? Um, a lot of these, and again, I'm a goal achiever. I'm type a, like you tell me six weeks, I'm going to be back on my feet in six weeks. And I feel like a failure at six weeks when I'm not. Mm -hmm. And that led for a lot of mental, um, health problems because here I was not achieving my goal at six weeks, nor was I achieving my goal at six months, at which time I had a procedure to try to get me off medications and back to work. And it was a bandaid. It definitely helped. Um, but for the next couple of years, I still chased weird symptoms. You know, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I was having, I was really just 
always tired, unmotivated. My kids always saw me laying on the couch. I'd go to work for a couple of days and come home and lay on the couch and, you know, mom, let's do this. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I can't. And, you know, this afternoon was a big slump and I just, all of the brain fog and just all of the, just blow weight gain, all of it. And then, you know, evening time would come, I'd roll around, you know, 10 o'clock, I'd get my second win and I could be up until midnight, one o'clock. I'm like, what is going on? So this is when I went to my doc and I was like, wow, I just don't feel myself. I feel really tired and low energy and fatigued all the time. And she's like, well, I think you have depression. And it was interesting because this was back in the day that I, I didn't even know what label to put on myself. So I, at that point I, I said, well, it doesn't really sound like depression. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like what depression should feel like. I should say, I don't feel sad, but I know if you read all the other criteria, I kind of have them. Right. So sure. Shove me in the box of the depression label and put me on an antidepressant. And that's exactly what happened. And what happened from there is I had every side effect of the medication and I still had all my symptoms. So, um, what do you do if you fail one medication? (laughs) You try another one. So I tried my second antidepressant. And again, I still was to the point where like, I don't even know what's going on. Right. And like, at this point, all of my colleagues were like, we, we don't know what to do for you. I flunked out of physical therapy. Every person was kind of turning their back on me. And, you know, I recall saying to my husband around this time, laying in bed one night saying to him, like, I can't go on living like this. This is not life. I feel so helpless and hopeless. Nobody is helping me. I don't know what's wrong with me. And to think that I'm going to go on the rest of my life feeling this tired and fatigued and having two toddlers at this, at this point, looking at their mom, this is not how I want them to see their mom. Mm -hmm. So I never had a plan, but I really couldn't picture going out with my life. And that was my rock bottom. That's when I knew I had to do something. And I gave the second antidepressant a try kind of in the back of my mind saying, this is not right. There's something else. This is not the right diagnosis. And after I failed the second antidepressant, ironically, that same month, as I was failing and deciding to go off, I was put in contact with a functional medicine doctor and I didn't even know what functional medicine was, but I talked to her and I said, Hey, no one else can help me. What do you have? Like, what do you got? Like, what, what is, what is your input as far as what's going on with me? And it's interesting because over the phone, she pretty much diagnosed me. Uh, and obviously it was confirmed the blood work and you know, my treatment began pretty much right away. And I can't say it was overnight, but with the correct diagnosis and lifestyle changes, strategic supplementation, of course, I changed my diet. I actually was better than I was before. And I would say about a year and a half, two years, and I got my life back. And so, yeah, it's very interesting. Just one conversation with her and she actually offered me a job sight unseen. Um, I was like, what is this functional medicine? And I, I have a funny story I told you before we hit the record button of the, the night I got on the phone with her, I was remember sitting in bed with propped up on my pillows with my computer in front of me talking to this woman. And she was telling me all about functional medicine and what was wrong with me. And I, as she's talking, I'm Googling functional medicine. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And at this point in my, in my career, I actually would come home from work because I was essentially just in the clinic doing pap smears. And I would come home at night telling my husband, I just don't feel fulfilled. Like, I don't feel like I'm changing lives. I'm not delivering babies anymore. I'm not operating. So when this woman tells me about functional medicine and I'm actually looking at the description and going, oh my gosh, I get to the root cause of why people feel the way they feel. 
you know, this light bulb went off, like, this is my next calling. This is how I'm going to change lives. This is how I'm going to change my life. Mm-hmm. So the funny story, my husband went in the shower as I'm getting on the call with her, he comes out and I said, <laughs> I hang up the phone. I said, all right, here's the plan. I'm going, I have adrenal issues. This is what I'm going to do with my life. You know, lifestyle changes. I'm going to go see my doctor in February, but in the meantime, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to start my fellowship in functional medicine, and I'm going to start working with this doctor in her office in September. And he goes, how long was my shower? <laughs> Which is precisely the reason my podcast is called love the leap, because that's what I do. I, I, you know, I didn't need to think about it. I'm like, this is the answer you have. You described me to a T as far as the symptoms. And, you know, she just nailed it with like, we looked at the blood work or, you know, the saliva testing, exactly what was going on. The treatment was not a prescription pill. You know, it was, it was again, lifestyle supplements and, and, and it really, and just time because, you know, I didn't get there overnight as far as my symptoms, you know, it was years of being a very busy OBGYN. And then I had twins and sleepless nights and a lot of stress and all of those things. And it really came to a head the day I fell off that horse. Sure. It's, I just didn't even know what it was. And, you know, this is when I, when I signed up to do my fellowship in, in anti-aging or functional medicine, I was like, you know, I never want an, a woman to feel as helpless and hopeless as I felt because that was, and as, as rock bottom, that was awful. And I had the support of my medical colleagues and I, but I didn't have their support. So someone who's not in the medical community, like, how are they feeling? You know? So it was really, um, it was just really eye-opening of an experience for me. And I've never regretted going into functional medicine and really pivoting as far as how I now think mm-hmm. uh, of healthcare and how I take care of, of women. And it's interesting because I can see both perspectives. I have trained and practiced uh, both conventionally and now alternatively. And, you know, there's a place for each. So that's what makes you such an amazing practitioner, you know, so, so you have that background in medical, so you can totally understand and plus your own story, mm-hmm. you know, often through our own story and our own pain, um, sort of the Phoenix rises, if you will. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I also commend you, Dr. Renee, for following your intuition mm-hmm. and trusting it. I remember when I was starting my biofeedback practice and I started to see my, my patients come back and when they were actually honoring their intuition and trusting it, I watched them get well. Mm-hmm. And I started to ask myself questions and I thought, well, gosh, you know, all that stuff I gave them is great and it's helping them, you know, I'm helping mm-hmm. their adrenals or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but that's not the biggest piece. The biggest piece is now they're now trusting themselves. Yeah. And you yeah. had that. So mm-hmm. gosh, kudos to you. So thank you. Congratulations on that. Yeah. What a journey. You know, and now, so now I know that you're practicing functional medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you're more online. What's the story or how did you move? You know, what, what, I guess, what tips would you have for people who had a brick and mortar, you know, mm-hmm. and have moved online? What did you do that helped you become successful there? Well, you know, it's funny because uh, that was another the next obstacle in my life. And, you know, I, I now sit here saying, I don't know what the next one's going to be, but I, there's always a reason, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I always say, I never really wanted to break my back, obviously. Um, but there's a lesson in that, you know, obviously I was meant to have that lesson in life, go through that pain for whatever reason, but then pivot into functional medicine. 
And the same with my brick and mortar office, you know, here, I thought this was going to be the rest of my life. And ironically, it was very ironic. Um, I was actually burning out from that as well. Cause I had a two hour commute a day. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in, in the middle of all that, I became a bodybuilder just sort of like to prove to myself that I can like get on stage and, and lift. I didn't even lift heavy weights, but let's like, prove something to myself, <laughs> get my, get my, you know, body back after such a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just a lot and I was burning out and I really had this like internal dilemma of like, wow, like I'm not happy in this practice, but I can't leave. I felt trapped. And as we, you know, one of the worst stressors in your life or probably the worst, you can get a limb cut off. They they did this experiment in mice years ago. And I hate to say this, but in mice, they cut off their limbs and, or they trapped them. And the worst stressor of the two was actually trapping the mice. So, you know, as I'm going through this experience of feeling trapped in my, in my office, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is the worst stressor, but I, I don't know what else to do with my life. And actually, uh, in, before I found functional medicine, I was contemplating other careers as a doctor and I didn't want to work for an insurance company. I didn't want to work in a, for a pharmaceutical company. And so I was still stuck doing what I was doing until I found functional medicine. So here I am again in an office setting saying like, I really don't enjoy this. And it's, I live in a small town to set a practice like that up in my small town just wouldn't fly. It just wouldn't work. And ironically, a month later, I get this email saying we either have to work harder or the office is going to close for financial reasons. And that was my call. That was my sign from the universe of like, okay, this is it. This is your, this is this, you know, time to fly and time to figure out what your next step is. So I honestly, um, for the next year, plus thought I was going to leave medicine. Cause I didn't think I could do, I was not going to set up another brick and mortar. And I honestly did not think that I could, um, do anything doctor wise online. Like that was my dream, quite frankly, mm-hmm. to be home. You know, I'd missed mm-hmm. enough of my kid's life. Uh, and I really had a way of wanting to work with women that I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could do in a brick and mortar in an office. And about a year and a half later, thank God if for social media, I found a mentor who was doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it can be done. Teach me your ways. <laughs> and so, you know, like anything, when you hire a coach, you know, or, or someone to help you do it, they get you from point A to point B quicker. And so mm-hmm. she definitely did that. Like do this, do this, do this. And um, here's a lawyer. So you make sure you do your doctor thing safely online and all of that. And I have to say it was a game changer. And, and now, you know, it totally can be done. I'm more of a consultant online versus a person's doctor. We have a finite relationship, but nonetheless, it still can change lives and I can do it on my terms um, and how I feel I best serve women. Oh, that's so beautiful. And again, I know you're doing great work and what great timing for you. Um, you know, and that was before COVID, right? You moved on. That was, mm-hmm. that was, yep. That was August of 2019. I officially, uh, open my practice online. And, you know, it's another interesting thing. Uh, I've, I never, it's funny throughout my years, I said, I never want to be an owner of a business. Like I always wanted to be the employee until this last experience. And now I said, I'm tired of sort of being at the mercy of somebody else. And now I'm ready to be my own boss. But in medical school, they don't teach you how to do this entrepreneur thing. (laughs) They don't teach you how to be a business owner. They teach you how to take care of people. So it's definitely been a steep learning curve. I study as much as possible. I fail forward and I just keep moving along. And as long as I'm, you know, out there changing lives and helping women, my, my mission is accomplished. So, and of course it's nice to make a living doing it, but 
I'm definitely here to serve. And that's so awesome. I just, I love your attitude. And again, your quantum leaping, <laughs> your, your ability to, to leap and follow, you know, follow your heart with all of that. You know, you've had to make some tough decisions. What would, what would you say is the hardest decision you've had to make? Oh gosh. You know, I, I don't know. That's a hard question uh, because I feel like each of them has been out of necessity, but then the next quantum leap I make, it's always what is going to make me the happiest. Because I think, I think, you know, for so many years I've done things to make other people happy or do what I quote unquote should be doing. Mm -hmm. And you know what I love about, I'm sorry to say the pandemic, people are doing things that are against the grain that are not what you're supposed to be doing. And I love that because it's allowed many of us, including myself to sort of reinvent ourselves and do things a little bit differently. Um, so, you know, I feel like I've just kept following my heart more and more, the older I got, the more experienced I got and knowing that my gut, my intuition, my heart, were not going to lead me in the wrong direction. So I'm happy right where I am and continuing to move forward. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Um, is there anything you would do differently? You know, if you could start over again, is there something you'd be doing differently? I don't know. You know, I do feel like my life has just been one big lesson. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, I remember saying early on, I would never have gone to medical school again. It's just, it was, uh, you know, it's medicine's tough. You know, I gave up my twenties, but you know, it got me to where I am today and doing what I love. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for about a year when I contemplated giving up medicine, like I just kept getting called back. Like this is, this is my mission. This is my purpose in life. And, so I no longer say, you know, oh, I wouldn't have gone to medical school because it got me to where I am today. And, you know, I think the only thing uh, I would have done differently throughout the years, and I think this is sometimes something you learn as you get older, is to ask for help that I didn't have to do it all, that it didn't have to be perfect, um, that, you know, I don't have to be in my masculine energy all the time and do, do, do. I can just be. <laughs> There's a lot of things, you know, and, and, and just because I'm asking for help doesn't mean I'm a failure. And, and boundaries, like all those things that we, a lot of us do as women of just thinking we have to be that superwoman and do it all. Like you don't have to be. And I think that just added to my stress, um, that got me where I was, but again, I've learned my lesson through doing, through behaving that way and doing those things. And now I am here to preach to other women that that doesn't have to be the way. And hopefully you learn much sooner than I did. (laughs) (laughs) You have such a great, it feels like you have good balance there. You know, yeah, you're balancing your life. You have to, you're a busy mom too. Mm -hmm. It's definitely been a work in progress. You know, Mm -hmm. there's definitely, there was a many, many years, you know, as a regular OBGYN that it was so out of balance, uh, Mm -hmm. all work and no, and I didn't even know what play was. I was Mm -hmm. all work and then kids. (laughs) And, you know, when your kids are little, there's not much, there's, there's playing, I mean, on the floor and such, but now I'm really trying to embrace a little more play in my life and a little more just having fun and not having to do, do all the time. Uh, because I think that's when my most beautiful inspirations, creativity and work come through me. So beautiful. So what is play for you? If you, if you were given like a, you know, a week off, what would you want to do? Go to the beach, (laughs) (laughs) sit in the sun, read a book. (laughs) I love reading. I love listening to books and reading and just like meditate. I mean, I love just being like present and I'm a big believer in meditation and mindfulness and and just not rushing through life, which I did so many years. I just rushed Mm -hmm. and I now have slowed down because 
life is short. And, you know, mine could have been taken away from me that day in May. So mm-hmm. I forevermore will wake up grateful, go to bed grateful for the life I have. And the fact that I just, I determine my day every day. And if I want to just go take a nice walk with my dog out in nature, sometimes that's play to me, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a facial or a pedicure or all that fancy stuff for me. It's just, just stepping away from my computer and my office and just getting outside and taking walks with my kids and, and just, just being, just present. being present. Oh, that's beautiful. Those simple things. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, how do you stay at your best? Um, sleep. I'm the sleep okay. ninja. So I sleep. Okay. I'm a, I, my kids know mama has to go to bed at a certain hour. Cause I'm an early riser. I love the mornings. Um, I eat well, you know, I'm very focused on nutrition and, uh, meditation is a big part of my life and exercise is another big part of my life. And, you know, trying to work on my personal mindset every single day, you know, as a woman, you know, we have a lot of these self-limiting beliefs that we have grown up with a lot of things that I work on for my childhood that I'm like, why do I think this way? Mm-hmm. Things that I, as a regular doc, I would not have gone that deep to like, think about my thoughts. I never had time like to think how I'm thinking. So now I do. And, you know, so I, every day I, I, you know, sometimes I journal. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and it's generally two days don't look the same because I used to try to be like that. I always looked at my husband saying like, why is he always so on every day and like doing the same thing? And some mornings I feel like waking up and going for a 6am walk with my dog, like I did this morning. And some days I feel like sitting down with a cup of coffee and reading my book or, you know, going right downstairs and exercising. And I now realize I'm a woman. I'm different. I cycle. I am never the same way two days in a row. And I embrace that as opposed to fighting that. So Oh, you have a great flow. And I have a feeling you're doing this with your women now too. So besides the functional medicine piece, I I have a feeling you've woven some of that in, haven't you? Absolutely. How to help them be, you know, balanced in life. Absolutely. Cause you know, I think as a doc, they think that I'm just going to teach them how to eat well and mm-hmm. you know, all the, what supplements to take and how to deal with stress. And I, of course I'm a libido expert. And so how do we deal with that? But it really, you know, I find with women, it's really coming down to mindset and being, and like, just mm-hmm. not having to do it all and just preaching to them every day, all day that the basics of how to keep mama happy and, and you know, in order for us and a a lot of women I see have lost themselves over the past year. And that has spiraled into a lot of conditions. And I'm just trying to help them find themselves that their way back to themselves and, and what they love. Cause a lot of women don't even know what they love anymore. Right. That's so true, isn't it? And I feel like COVID is helping us rediscover that in some way, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's a blessing in there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You speak about libido. What are some of the causes of low libido in women? Oh, that's, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's, I ha- I've had an evolution over 20 years of working with women as far as what I thought libido was from or low libido. And as a gynecologist, you know, practicing with just medications and trying to shove you in a box and figuring out what well, must be from testosterone deficiency. Meanwhile, we're women, we don't have a whole lot of testosterone. And I found in my work with women back then, number one, I would skirt the issue because I didn't know how to treat it. There's not a study out there that helps women that says, you know, Women with low libido, give them this. Because that's as, as a regular OBGYN, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the pill to fix the ailment. Mm-hmm. And that there was never one out there. Uh, there was one who I, you know, I wasn't very comfortable giving it, but I did a few times and it didn't work. So when I went into my brick and mortar and now instead of 
the women coming in and asking me and me cowling down in my chair. Now I'm functional medicine. Now I'm like, okay, there's other reasons why you could have a low libido. I started asking women about it. And, you know, I continued to try testosterone because that's what they all were out there saying is my husband says I need testosterone. My husband says I need testosterone. And I'm telling you, it still wasn't the fix and having 350 patients and looking at blood work on every single one of them, including testosterone, I would have women with the highest testosterones with the lowest libidos and vice versa, the lowest testosterones are the best. So that really came to my, you know, sort of realization that, wow, it's much bigger than this. So I sort of went on this hunt of like, you know, where is it? And, and, and worked on different things with, with my current clients and my past patients. And, you know, I've really have an eight step roadmap now that I actually take them on whereby it can be anything from dietary nutrition related inflammation, um, which kind of goes down the gut health rabbit hole and, or toxins, toxins are huge for women, toxicities and the toxins that disrupt our hormones, hormones, including female hormones, male hormones, thyroid, uh, stress is a huge one. And, you know, as a doc, we can't forget mindset. We can't forget mindset and relationships, the two crucial parts of like a woman, you know, she has to feel connected in a relationship in order to feel intimate. And she needs to feel confident and at peace with herself, which a lot of women don't. Um, and, you know, I, and then there's energy imbalances in the body. And of course, mood issues always kind of play a part. Uh, and then medications, there's, there's lots, but the point is we're complex. And I, again, I want, I, I preach to my community to embrace that. This doesn't make us faulty. doesn't make us broken. We just have a lot of well, we're multifaceted. Yes. We have a lot of different perspectives to look at and our brains are different than men, right? Like yes, the parts of our brain are bigger. I mean, generally it's smaller, but parts of our brain that are bigger are those that are more emotional that we like to talk. We look at facial expressions, you know, mm-hmm. we have to feel connected versus men that they're, that parts of their brains, not so big. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, right down to the biological differences and just just sort of educating my female clients on the differences in, between men and women and how to sort of how men see us and how we have to help them help us, including communicating and telling them what we need. So, so again, it's just, it's individualized, it's personalized, like anything in functional medicine and no two women will have the same underlying causes for their low libido. And it's interesting, you know, many women want to say, just what's that one thing? I don't know. I have to get to know you. And it could be more than one thing, but the good thing is it's, you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. And it is, you can be helped for it. It's not, you're not helpless and hopeless. Like I once was. So. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. So the multifaceted of that. Yes. And mm-hmm. we're all different, aren't we? We're, we're very all different. different. And when we take that whole person into account, then you can achieve the results. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just like you said, giving testosterone, it's not always the answer. Mm-mm. And there's yeah. so many times I'll say mm-hmm. something and it's like that me too movement of I'll say something and, and it's such as libido, no one talks about it, which is why I'm talking about it. But there's so many women that says, oh, I have that problem too. Oh, everyone's raising their hand now that I'm talking about it. Yes. And I think women think that they're alone when they're experiencing it. And just the mere fact of talking about it and bringing it to light that it's an issue and doesn't have to be normalized is a huge, huge step in the right direction. And again, you know, sort of going down each of the 
potential causes, a lot of them are like, oh, that's me. Oh, you're speaking to me. Oh, that's me too. I'm like, okay, so there's some of your treatments. There's some of the things we have to focus on. So yeah. And because it's such a complex issue, I don't know if you can answer this. What's one thing maybe that women could do right now to honor or improve their libido that could be generalized for for all of us. You know, it's interesting. I mean, getting aside from the medical stuff, I think the underlying with all my current clients are relationship issues, mm-hmm. communication issues. Yes. And, you know, I, I mean, I'll have calls with women. They're like, well, I hate my husband, but I don't, and I don't want to have sex. And I'm like, well, well uh, excuse me. You just said you don't like your husband. So right there's a big red flag. Um, maybe she didn't say hate, but she didn't like him. And, you know, I find that when I dig deeper, women come to me because I am the doctor and that I'm going to fix the medical problems. But when we start the very basics of like, how's your relationship? You know, do you Mm -hmm. talk? Does he know how you feel? I see a lot of resentment. I see a lot of poor communication. I see a lot of, he should know to do this for me. And he doesn't know. So I think it's just kind of, you know, just communication is key here for Mm -hmm. any relationship. And, you know, if you are, if you don't feel connected to your significant other, express that because they can't read our minds and, you know, women, we need connection. We need connection in order to feel intimacy. And when we don't have that connection, talk, get off the phones, talk about real life, talk about your day, you know, literally put the phones away, sit down to dinner and look at each other and talk that is gone nowadays. Like everybody's on their phone, everybody's doing the next thing. And, you know, and a lot of people my age, you know, I'm married for 17 years now and two kids. And it's a lot of times it becomes like parallel lives are just like, who's getting the kids, who's doing this, who's doing that. And like, you you lose sight of your relationship. Absolutely. And again, the pandemic, we've not had time to go out to dinners and have alone time. I know I'm not alone. I know there's a lot of other couples out there. The same thing has happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, what used to be your you time and getting to know each other has now really been taken away for the past year, a lot of family time, which is great, but there's not a lot of alone time for couples to really just connect. So I think the biggest thing again, is just look at your relationship. That's always the first place to start. How is mm-hmm. it? Would you like to be better? Um, start communicating, start asking for what you want and uh, see the magic happen. I think a lot of times just sort of opening up the lines of communication and not just bearing it under the rug of he should know better or you know, not exactly how you feel uh, and not letting him know is really doing more harm than good. Right, absolutely, such great advice, absolutely. Such great advice, it's interesting. Even if I have someone who has a physical body issue, if we start walking it down and I do some goal setting with people and NLP, it comes mm-hmm. down to relationship. Mm-hmm. It often comes down to relationship. And nobody you know, I, I, that. Yeah. Right? And, you know, like, and trust too. I, I worked with a, a lady just on the phone, just a sort of consultation the other day and really wants to be in relationship. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, but at one point she said to me, I don't trust men. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how are you going to be in relationship? Right. You just answered your own question. Yeah. You know, we've got to get that back. Yeah. We've got to clear the trauma in the field. That's pulling you away from that piece. Correct. And where that started. And then watch it all come. And then watch it all just come. Then you can quantum leap again. Then you can create exactly. what you want to create in your life. Exactly. Yeah, what you exactly. Want to in your life. I mean, yeah. and again, that's one of the first places to start because that's the one that's often overlooked. And I think the society, we just want to put a band-aid on something physical. And like you said, it's more 
you know, even mindset is always a second step for women, but then we get down to the health things. But if we start right from the basics and continue to work on them throughout, Mm -hmm. it's a much different woman at the end of the process than at the beginning. Yeah, that's beautiful. Give us actually a a quick little story about somebody you've worked with that had the transformation, you know, through your work. Mm -hmm. Wow. Let me, there's, there's, gosh, how about, how about the, uh, a younger client of mine? So I generally work with women who are older, but this was a girl in her twenties with a low libido mm-hmm. mom of three kids under the age of four, uh, working at a job that was a no, it wasn't going anywhere and, uh, really stressed about that, uh, doing it all. Mm-hmm. Um, just got engaged. So she has a committed partner, but he wasn't always helping out a lot. Uh, and you know, when we started working together, her biggest thing was like, I just, she was so stressed. Like she just wasn't Mm -hmm. like, she just, I mean, three kids under the age of four and then working a full-time job, she was just Mm -hmm. strung out and kind of with like me, you know, feeling stuck. She felt stuck. Like she felt trapped in her job, her life. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of work on relationship in the very beginning. Uh, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of, uh, breakdown of communication. Uh, and so she started working on communicating, telling her significant other what she needed, because again, at the end of the day, having three little ones at home, she'd just come off maternity leave not too long ago. So he'd walk through the door and she's just like, ah! <laughs> um, and then having to think of going back to work and then just still juggling an infant and, and two toddlers. And it was just a lot. So we started with her mindset. Well, first a relationship, then started working on her mindset and her stress at the same time, because I I'm very intuitive as far as where, where we have to go next. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start working on her nutrition, all of it, but the biggest milestone for her is realizing where her big stressors were and it was her job. And she was also going to school. So we, again, I'm a doctor here, but talking about stress and like, okay, like we can say we're stressed, but where is it coming from? And what can we do about it? So she decided that she was going to be, start her own business as a virtual assistant. I actually had a connection for her. I knew someone that could help her. She uh, left her job. She just put her notice in a month ago and uh, left her job that was really making her unhappy and started her own job and started eating better, started really getting her life back because now she was like her shoulders. I could physically see her shoulders coming back, like life coming back in her face, just mm-hmm. because her purpose has, has changed. She's doing things on her terms, yes. doing things that make her happy. She can stay home with her kids. Uh, and it's funny that about a, two weeks ago, she says all the positives of like, I can't believe everything that's happened since we worked together, you know, like, I mean, my relationship's better. We communicate better. They're now getting married. They got engaged over the holidays. Um, and you know, her mindset's better as far as where she's going, what she's capable of. She's eating better. She's exercising. And she goes, Oh, and guess what? My libido is so much better. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there's an instance where it wasn't necessarily something like hormone, you know, yes, it could be from the stress for the cortisol, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of came back of problem solving way from the, like peeling the onion back, like where's at the core of what's really bothering you. And She's had a complete life shift, 180. Um, and I don't necessarily say every person's going to work with me is going to have a career change, but for this particular client, she just needed that person to show up for her and help her get, you know, her mindset right, confidence, mm-hmm. relationship right, 
and of course we did, uh, you know, some medical stuff too, but again, it wasn't the biggest thing for her. Her, her biggest thing was relationship mindset, stress. Wow. Right, right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right there. Very good. Yeah. I learned that stress is the cause of all dis-ease mm-hmm. like imbalances. And yep. that's so true. I do a lot yep. of neurobiofeedback and yep. I see the same thing. And I, I love the direction uh, again, in your background, Dr. Renee, you know, because you have that medical background, you can combine it with, um, with the mindset work and everything that you've learned on your path. And, you know, I always do see that the, the best practitioners have had something tough in their life. You know, they suffered in some way, there was some big test or illness or something that happened to them. Um, and that certainly was transformational for you too. Absolutely. In your direction. And, you know, and you followed your intuition on all of that, which is just so, so amazing. You know, if you were just going to give us your one big self-care tip, what would it be? Oh my goodness. I have so many. Um, or a couple. Sleep. 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 Okay. Sleep. Okay. Sleep, sleep is huge. Up. Make sure you get, you know, a solid seven, eight hours of quality sleep, cool room, dark room, electronics away from the bed. You know, there's many more, but I think the easiest thing that, you know, aside from talking about nutrition or hydration or exercise, which can seem really hard for a lot of people just to take action on right now, you can take action tonight on getting a good night's sleep and starting saying, starting tonight, I'm going to make sure I prioritize sleep. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Thank you, you for that. Yeah, let's all do that. <laughs> I need that one. I need you to tell me that one. I'm you need to sleep, out. Louise. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's really good. Um, who have been some of your early mentors? Oh, gosh. Um, I've had so many different mentors throughout my careers. Um, I don't even know for functional medicine. And I think I look up to, I had my mentors in my fellowship, um, but which is Dr. Pam Smith. She was the head of A4M, but Dr. Mark Hyman is a great role model um, Mm -hmm. in the integrative world. Gosh, who else? Like he, I don't really, I, I, I don't really look up anyone on a pedestal, quite frankly. Um, and I sort of look side to side of who's doing the same thing I'm doing as far as changing this world. And I have so many amazing, I'm in a, a medical mastermind and so many amazing colleagues that I can't just, that inspire me every day doing the same work I'm doing. So uh, as well as you, you inspire me as well. So like, I just feel the community of, of, practitioners, um, that I am now in company with just continue to inspire mentoring me. And there's thousands of them. So <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I don't know if I can name anybody either specifically. I'm, I'm really similar to you that way. And, and I, and this, this just feeds me too. Like we're learning about you yeah. and I just learned so much through your story and mm-hmm. everything that you've done. And so this just, I don't know, this just feeds feeds me and I hope it's feeding our audience too. You know, that's the goal here is is helping people see what good work you're doing in the world. You Um, you know, if you're going to give us your sort of number one brain hack, what would that be? Sleep. Sleep. (laughs) That's the same one. She's got it. Let me give you another one. one. Healthy fat. Because sleep is really important for the brain as well. Because I mean, our brain detoxes in sleep. You know, like we sleep. People don't know your brain, like all the cruddy stuff in there. You know, it's like, I always like, I always think it's like sweeping the, the not so good cells and all the toxins out of your brain. Like we do that when we sleep. So we don't sleep. We don't adequately detox our bodies, especially our brains, but mm-hmm. number two, healthy fats, healthy fats are really, healthy and I, fats. Okay. I do find that, uh, we are still trying to fight that low fat 
diet revolution that occurred, gosh, in the eighties, you know, that Mm -hmm. starting the seventies and the eighties that we were told that fat is bad. And, you know, not all fat is created equal. And I'm all about the healthy fats, your avocados, your olive oils, um, you know, your avocado oils, your nuts, your seeds, but you know, we really need them when I talk, we really need them for our hormones, but they're also, you know, most of our brain is fat. We need it. We need it for our, our brains. So, uh, so healthy fats to fuel your brain. Oh, that's great. Not the sugars, not the sugars. Not the sugars. It's the fat. It's the fat. Yeah. I'll find myself craving fat. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll like, no, I'll be like, I got to have a handful of nuts right now. Yeah. I've got to, I got to put oil on my, on my vegetables. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> but, good. Yeah. All good. I mean, that's all heart healthy, brain healthy, hormone healthy, every organ, cell, cellular health, you know, it's all really important. And again, I'm, I'm still on that mission of trying to educate women that fat's not bad and that our bodies actually need it. So just- yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Thank you for those tips today. Wow. This has just been amazing. Thank you so for your wisdom, you know, and everything you shared here, Dr. Renee, it was just such a gift to to be with you today. How can people get a hold of you? What's the best way to, to contact you? Well, you know, I always say, I don't, I have a website. I don't live at my website, but uh, it's at um, drreneewellenstein.com is my website. And uh, I do live kind of on social media because again, I don't have a storefront. I don't have an office. So my, my office storefront is on social media and I really enjoy uh, Instagram Uh, I really enjoy Instagram stories and sort of helping people there. And uh, I've adopted TikTok, which is a really interesting (laughs) platform for a doctor to be on, but I'm finding a huge community of women that really need my help there. And it's, it's catering to the, the, the attention span, unfortunately, or unfortunately of our society, which is really short, but uh, it's really taught me sort of to get life lessons across and health lessons across and you know, less than a minute, which is sometimes challenging, but uh, I've, I've perfected it. So <laughs> that's great. We'll have to check you out there. That is just awesome. Well, gosh, good for you. And again, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your thank wisdom. You. And gosh, have a great, great rest of your day. And everyone just tune in here and, you know, have a listen to, uh, to Dr. Renee, check her out on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and I have my podcast too. Love the leap with Dr. Renee. And I know you're going to become coming and being on a guest, a guest on the show soon. So come on over and check that out too. I live there as well. (laughs) I love that. I love the, I love the title of the leap. So yeah, you do such a great job. So again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. 